Self-Help Sat-Nav is brought to you by Open Forwards. Did you know that you can get free training to help you relax and feel more confident? Just head on over to www.openforwards.com. That's www.openforwards.com. Welcome to episode number 18 of Self-Help Satnav, the show where we explore relationships, work, mental health, parenting, and psychological well-being. I'm your host, Jim Lucas, founder and therapist trainer at Open Forwards. Just go to openforwards.com. And today I'm going to revisit a subject that I wrote about recently, which gathered a lot of interest and it was a topic about suicide. Now, suicide, of course, is a difficult subject and a painful subject. And admitting you feel like killing yourself is terrifying. And it can make you feel painfully guilty as well. I mean, what about all the people who care about you? You're bound to think. And the truth is that suicidal urges are a natural reaction to a very difficult set of circumstances. And whilst it can help knowing that wanting to kill yourself is natural, it probably isn't enough to stop you from seeing it through. So what do you do? Now, when I decided to write this article some months ago about suicide... I knew that it would be challenging. How could I write something that might stop you from killing yourself? I don't know you. I don't know your circumstances. And yet, I think it's incredibly important that we talk about suicide and what you can do when you feel suicidal. And today, I'm not going to be talking about the usual advice. I'm not going to say go and see your doctor or go to the hospital because you probably know that already, right? If you're feeling it, if you're feeling suicidal, it's important to tell somebody so that you might get the help that you need. And yet, with this advice, people, many people, have told me before that they're afraid that if they go and see a medical professional, that they'll be sectioned or forced to take medication. And these fears can put many people off getting help. And so when I was thinking about that, when I've thought about it before, I've gone to a place trying to imagine that happening to me, feeling so terrified that the only option left for me is to kill myself. And of course, I feel like I've got no control. And that's what wanting to kill yourself is about, is trying to find it, trying to find some escape. But then if I go and imagine seeing a medic a medic where I risk surrendering more control, when I think about that, it makes much more sense to me. I can see how scary it can be 
to reach out to professionals sometimes when you feel suicidal. So, when people have told me that that's what they're feeling, I've tried to listen. The last thing I think people need when they tell someone this painful truth is that the other person overreacts. You need calm, patience, understanding, and maybe some guidance. I think that's what I would need if I was in that situation. And so when I've listened, I've tried to empathise and... When I've tried to connect with people, they've thanked me for it. They've told me how much they've appreciated it. So these experiences have taught me something valuable. That no matter how helpless or hopeless a person feels, they still need to have some control. And if somebody takes that away from them, then it doesn't help them to work through what they're feeling. Now I realise whilst you're listening to me, I can't listen to you. And that limits maybe my ability to help you here and now. But there is something else I can do. I can help you understand your own suicidal thoughts and I can help you validate these urges where you acknowledge that they're natural. And I can help you connect with some other parts of yourself so you can sow some seeds of hope within yourself. And I believe that that is not nothing. And that's what today's episode is all about. How you can sow some seeds of hope within yourself. You may hate it, but feeling suicidal is a natural reaction to a difficult set of circumstances. It's your mind's way of trying to fix a problem. And suicide offers an escape from your inner turmoil. People take their own lives for different reasons, and these reasons are complex. You may be feeling lonely, ashamed, or chronically stressed. It might look like you can't cope anymore, people don't care that you're on your own, or that you can't imagine living with the shame of something. Now shit happens, and a lot of shit can happen. You've probably suffered a great deal. Relationships have broken down, jobs have been lost, you're in debt, or people have died. The urge to kill yourself hasn't come from nowhere, it doesn't come out of a vacuum. And I bet you've tried to make the best of what's happened to you. I bet you've tried lots of things to help you feel better. And if you're feeling suicidal, it's because none of these solutions have worked. Nearly 7,000 people kill themselves every year in the UK. More men kill themselves than women. And those in poverty with little opportunity to change their situation are also more likely to kill themselves. So suicide is a problem of inequality. Society's social and economic problems are an important factor we shouldn't ignore. There's a lot we don't know about how to stop people from killing themselves. But there are some things that we do know. We know how to work out your level of risk. For example, many people think about killing themselves and don't go through with it. So if at the moment you're just having suicidal thoughts like I wish I was dead or I can't go on, then this is less risky than when you've made a plan. And this is how professionals assess the risk of suicide. They ask if you've made plans 
if you've tried it before, if you've bought anything to assist you in taking your own life. And the further along your plans are, the more danger there is. But apart from working out how close you are to killing yourself, what else is there? Now I'm going to suggest something sir, here, which is that feeling suicidal is not your fault. And that if that is the case, who is to blame for you feeling this way? And to help us answer this question, I'm going to ask you another question. When I said earlier that society is to blame for feeling suicidal, what did you feel? Did you believe me? Sometimes I think it's hard to blame society. You might think, well, other people are dealing with it, why can't I? And while other people might be dealing with it fine now, we don't know if that will change. Everyone, I think, has a breaking point, that point where you feel you can't go on. And there are many things about society that are stacked up against you. People who are rich and powerful have more opportunity. They have well-funded education that meant that they could get better paid jobs. They didn't have to struggle with doing more than one job just to make ends meet. They don't suffer the effect of low wages or pay freezes. Governments that choose to neglect funding public services are leaving you to your own devices. They aren't taking responsibility for financial crises that led to higher levels of national debt. After all, it was failure to regulate banking practices that led to people getting into debt. Societies that have bigger gaps between the rich and the poor are also societies that have bigger public health problems. You're more likely to suffer emotionally and psychologically when you see that society isn't fair. Okay, so you've heard me talk a bit politically there. Let's pause for a moment. What are you noticing? Are you feeling anything? Do you feel angry about these things? I know that I feel angry. I'm noticing that right now. It's not right and it's not fair. My intention isn't to sound childish, complaining, but it really is a big cause of lots of people's suffering. And I'm going to ask you to do something else for yourself. I'm going to ask you to think about what else makes you angry. I want you to look back at what has happened in your life recently and in the months and years gone by. And the reason I'm asking you to do this is that I think it can help. You see, although you although you might not want to feel angry right now, it can help you to feel less suicidal. So if you're willing, please let your mind go back to things that have happened in your life that you feel angry about. Think about what people have said to you. Think about what people have done. Or what people have failed to do. And think about stuff that just happened that wasn't anyone's fault specifically. Will you do this? Will you write it down? 
And you can pause at this point just to give yourself some extra time to do that. And then when you're ready, let's carry on. You see, because there's a purpose to your anger. It tells you what's important. You feel it when your expectations are not met, like when people don't do what you think they should do. You don't get what you feel you deserve. You don't get what you need from people or the world. And when people cross a line. And when these things happen to you, you may not have shouted or fought back. But that doesn't mean you weren't or aren't angry about it. Anger is a feeling. It's not an action. Acting aggressively or standing up for yourself is not anger. These are things that you can do when you feel angry. And there are other ways of dealing with anger that might look like keeping it inside. You might freeze because you're also scared at the same time as feeling angry. Okay. So I know this is hard. I know this is difficult. And I just want to point that out, notice that, and say well done for getting this far. You're doing really well because getting into your feelings of anger and feeling like you want to kill yourself is frightening. And yet here you are, acting bravely by opening up yourself, opening up to these painful memories. And so I just do want to say well done for that. And I want to say something else, which is that you probably have felt pride also once before. I'm hoping you have. And even if it was just for a moment, probably at least once you felt some pride for a moment when maybe there it feels like there are lots of times that you haven't. So if you're willing, please just take a moment to notice and think about when you felt proud once. When was that? Where were you? What happened? Again, if you're willing, will you think about this with me here and now? And are you willing to think about this in a bit of detail, more closely? You may have some hesitation for this, and this is natural, because Reminding yourself of when you felt proud is also scary. Because when you do this, you also open yourself up to remembering what you've lost. You open up to feeling sad or having feelings of hurt, and this is painful. Just like anger, sadness and hurt also have a purpose. You feel sadness when you connect with what you've lost or never had. You feel hurt when you look underneath your anger. Hurt reminds you of your humanity and your vulnerability. Often we try to hide this from people in case they hurt us again. It's protective to do so. But something negative happens when you bury these feelings. You get numb. This is what depression is all about, numbing out from your pain. And depression is what usually shows up 
before or in the context of you feeling suicidal. And burying your sadness in your hurt is natural, because it hurts, and it means you don't have to feel it so closely. But what if I told you that your sadness and your hurt is something to be proud of? What would you think about that? You see, because what I believe is that what you find the most painful is just one side of the coin. And on the other side of that coin is what you care about most deeply. When I think about when I've felt deeply sad and hurt, it's been when I've been rejected by people I've loved and I've admired. I wanted so much to be close to them and they rejected me. It hurts to think about it. And yet it also tells me what is deeply important to me. It tells me that having a companion is what I want in my life. I want to be connected and to have someone I can share everything with. My painful memories are a clue to what I want and what I need to focus on to make my life better. So where is your pain located? What memories show up for you when you think about your sadness and your hurt? And what do these memories tell you about what is most important to you? I'll be honest with you again, just because you value something or want to be close to someone doesn't mean that you can. You can't go back in time and do something different. So it may mean that you need to let go of what's been and gone. And yes, I agree, that is incredibly painful. And it isn't hopeless. Because you can do something else. You can start to move in the direction of what you want. One small step is all you need to take. One small step today and then one small step tomorrow. So what do you care about most in life? I don't know what you've identified as being most important. Maybe it's something like family, caring, love, ambition, success, achievement, or trust. Whatever it is, try to step over your fears about doing something in this part of your life. Try to step over what scares you and do one small thing in that direction. Depending on what you value, you might do one of the following. If it's family, you might just phone up someone you've not spoken to in a while. If it's about caring, do something small for someone, like make a meal. Think about what they might appreciate and do that for them. If it's about being loving, Give someone you care a, a hug or tell them that you love them. If it's about ambition, do something outside your comfort zone at work or learn something you've been too afraid to do before. If you value achievement, write a plan to get something done. Write down what you'll do and when you'll do it. If you value trust, then... 
Take a leap of faith, take a risk, share something with someone, something you've kept to yourself before. So I'm asking you to be brave by doing one small thing today and to be brave by doing something small again tomorrow and to keep going, keep putting one foot in front of the other in the direction of what you care about. And on the back of that, going forwards from that, I want to share with you six steps that I've described as things that might make you want to stay alive. That's my hope. In that, though, I'm not suggesting that it will make the urge to kill yourself go away. But what it will do is it will focus your attention on what you care about. Because getting stuck in feeling like you're killing yourself isn't going to help. So this isn't about trying to get rid of that urge. It's about turning your attention to something else. Because when you're feeling overwhelmed, it can help to have some clear steps to take. And that first step of these six is to tell yourself that feeling like you want to kill yourself is natural. To say it gently and to say it kindly, like you would to a friend. So here you are laying the ground for yourself, bringing some soothing and some calm and some kindness to this painful experience. Step two is to remind yourself that a lot has happened in your life that was not your fault. Life isn't fair. And neither is the world around you. Society lets people down. Yes, you've made mistakes. So have I. This is about sidestepping, getting caught up in blaming yourself, feeling guilty or feeling ashamed. And noticing the other things that you might not have noticed so much about how things happened that you had no control over. And that a lot of those things weren't your fault. Step three. Seek out your anger by remembering things that have happened. Seek out your anger. Write down what people have said or done that has made you angry. Write down things that just happened. That seemed to be no one's fault and also made you angry. Sometimes your anger is just about things that have happened rather than what one person or several group of people have done. So you're bringing your anger alive here. And step four is remember when you felt proud about something you did. Remembering that as well. It can be anything. Maybe it was something you did for someone you care about. Or something you did for someone you barely know. Maybe it was something you did at work or at school. Remember that in as much detail as you can. Picture yourself doing it. Picture the place you were in when you were doing it. Picture the person or the people that you were with when you were doing it. And remember feeling proud. 
or connect with feeling proud now about the fact that you did that. And step five is remember what has made you feel sad and has hurt you. Make some space for these painful memories instead of burying them. And use those feelings to clarify what you care about most because these feelings tell you what kind of life you want to have. So as you can see here, um, we're sowing the seeds of hope by engaging much more with what it is you felt, what it is that you can feel, beginning with anger, moving into pride, and then moving into sadness and hurt. And then using those feelings to highlight or to identify the things that you care about most in life, what you want to stand for. I gave you some examples earlier. Is it ambition? Is it trust? Is it care, love, kindness? Thinking about what it is for you. There may be several things. Maybe try to focus on the thing that stands out most. And step six is do one small thing today that moves your feet in the direction of what you care about. Be brave. Step over your fears. Do one small thing today and do something small again tomorrow. Okay. So I just want to thank you. I really appreciate you going this far with me. This is, like I said, painful. It's difficult. And I'm really hoping that you found what we've done today helpful. And you can also visit my blog, openforwards.com slash depressed feel like killing myself to read an article as well about this. So you can see what we talked about today written down as well. And um, if you do want someone to talk to right now, immediately, there are people available to do that. And I highly recommend the Samaritans. In my opinion, they're one of the most important organisations on the planet. Even if you need to talk to, them, to talk to someone who can help right away, give them a call. You can call them on 116123. That's a free number that you can call around the clock. A free number. 116123. And that's for about immediate help when you're feeling in crisis. The alternative is that you might want to work through with a therapist. And you can get in touch with us if you are living locally in Birmingham or you want to work with us online. Just again, visit openforwards.com. We'll do that. And the final thing I want to say is take care of yourself and take care of the people that you care about. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Bye for now.